0: Hi everybody, my name's Misha, AKA Refilling My Wallet.
1: And my name is David.
0: And this is Finance Fails and Cocktails.
1: What are we drinking today?
0: Um, We're drinking water, because I don't (laughs) feel well. (laughs) (laughs) I have just, I took today off work and I just feel a little nauseous. Um, So, yeah.
1: Hopefully you got some rest and feel better tomorrow.
0: I did, I appreciate you helping, because once again, um Ellington's school is closed for COVID yay so he gets to be here and you um after I asked you uh, offered to stay home and help watch as we both work um and normally I would have worked today and also helped watch but I was like incapacitated
1: <laughs> it's all good we had fun together today so
0: just remember it's okay to take a drink or take a drink that too (laughs) take a break take a break if you don't push yourself like i'm not gonna make a drink specifically for the podcast if i'm melting into the ground (laughs) um okay so today is an exciting day um for the podcast because
1: we have our first guest
0: yes we have our first guest um her name is katie you can find her on instagram at debt free phoenix and um we're We're just going to dive right in, so are you ready? All
1: right, come on, Katie.
0: (laughs) So tell us who is Debt Free Phoenix, who are you? I want to know everything.
2: All right, that's such an interesting question because I feel like... (laughs) my debt-free phoenix instagram account longer than i've been married now (laughs) and it's so weird to think about it being such a long-term thing but it's been like amazing at the same time Mm -hmm. um so debt-free phoenix is what i'm known by on instagram i started the account back in 2018 and i really started it because i was like dating my husband at the time, and I knew we were going to get in, engaged, and I remember thinking, oh, this is, like, it, this is the real deal, like, I can't, like, ignore my finances, or, <laughs> you know, like, this right? is, when you walk down the aisle, that's a big deal, and you're, like, committing to that person, and I had, like, credit card debt, student loans, my husband was completely debt-free, Ooh, so he my- was coming, I know, Mike, go Mike, as a school teacher, um, <laughs> So he was coming into the marriage debt free. I had a bunch of debt on my own. so I thought, wouldn't it be cool? I've been following these debt-free like Instagram accounts for the past couple of months? What if I just like made my own and it kept me like committed to paying off all this debt? And I think it was around 16,000, which you know, in the you know scheme of things isn't a lot, but right. um, it was a lot to me, right Exactly. So I uh, started a little Instagram account and I just kind of discovered that I love making content. Like I was never somebody who like had a vine or oh like did You
0: <laughs> Yes, the throwback. Six <sighs> seconds, that's all you have. Make everyone laugh. I just TikTok could not compare to the original vine. I
2: love I mean I got on TikTok and I remember thinking when I was on TikTok oh I truly could have made it on Vine because I got like (laughs) 11,000 followers I was like I could have been an internet star if I had been given the option (laughs) Um, but I uh, just realized I really loved making content when you make content about your debt-free journey you like stick with it because people are like cheering you on Mm -hmm. and the debt-free community was I don't know what your thoughts are about it back in 2018 or 2019, but to me it felt small. So it yeah. kind of felt like, right. Like we were all kind of like cheering each other on and we all knew each other, um, you know, like more on a first name basis. Like yeah, I wouldn't say refilling... a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cause I would be like my friend Misha, but I wouldn't say <laughs> my friend refilling my wallet. Right. Exactly. Right. So uh, yeah, and I just, everything that's come out of Debt Free Phoenix has just been amazing. I, you know, ran a small business, helped moms make content for their small businesses, helped them understand social media, started an Etsy shop called Budget Budgie where we sell personal finance stickers. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah, just love, love that with my best friend. Um, just kind of have gotten to document My whole journey over the last three and a half years now, where we like went from dating with my husband Mike, dating to engage (laughs) to marriage to buying a house to, you know, this year, who knows what's gonna happen. So it's been quite a ride. So I'm really happy. It's it's
0: definitely a journey when you like put yourself out there financially for all of these strangers, like thousands and thousands of strangers to like. Follow your journey and you start the account and you don't really think like, eh, I mean, am I going to get that many followers? And then you realize like, okay, there's a lot of you here and you're like seeing everything I do. And it, it gets a little bit nervous, nerve wracking for me sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to let everyone down if I do this wrong.
2: Oh my, yes. No, absolutely. There, there, I'm not even going to lie, definitely have made some decisions. Because I had to take into account, all right, and now everyone on Instagram and TikTok is going to know about this, you know, <laughs> like, yes, definitely have, you know, have made some, some interesting calculations because of that. But at the same time, it's, we're also all about, I'm sure you know, personal finance being personal, One hundred right, like my motto, and I have definitely done things, you know, that were right for my family, mm-hmm. that I had to you know, be upfront and say, this isn't a recommendation for your family. This is for my family. And that's why this is a personal finance journey. And I've had lots of people reach out and say, because of you, I don't feel like I'm in a box. I don't feel like I have to be frugal, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as possible, you know, you've helped me do this or that. And I think that is the, you know, blessing of seeing somebody kind of just show how personal finance can be.
0: I agree. It's definitely like, everyone has their own individual journey and it can get hard when you're looking at all these accounts and everyone's doing somewhat of the same thing. Like, Oh, they're paying off loans. Oh, they're saying, don't do this. And then you do this, whatever it is, if it's like getting a car or you need to get a personal loan for something, or you, you know, take a 0% financing, whatever. And you're like, man, I'm the only person doing this. And it's, I feel like accounts like yours that are like, hey, it's okay if you do things a little bit differently because this is life. We're not following a direct path and we have to do what we have to do.
2: Right. Absolutely. I mean, you guys coming out and saying that you're going to split finances and this was your choice and this is personal and that, you know, people could learn from it. I thought that was just a highlight, just a fantastic approach. So definitely cheering you guys on thank you <laughs>
1: appreciate it
0: <laughs> yes david got a lot of flack that first episode and i was like guys i'm still married to him <laughs> like oh my e- god!
1: even when we were hanging out with people last night we like paid separately and they're like you guys are paying separately what's going on <laughs> right? I'm, they're
0: like are you guys getting a divorce i'm like no <laughs>
2: <We're>,
0: <laughs> we just paid separately calm down <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, that's happened a lot on my Instagram, I'm sure. I think I've, like, come to your DMs and cried to you, Misha, about, like, people think I'm going to leave my husband because of magic cards. It's, it's just, like, the <laughs> – just uh, that. It's, it's very interesting that when people have that kind of look into your life, and mm-hmm. I, I think of it as, like, money is so personal – and so private to people yeah. that when you write sh- I'm sure David feels the same way about the car right like people knowing <laughs> about it
0: yes I mean even <laughs> when you bought your car they were like you should
2: get a four thousand dollar car uh, And like I live in Hawaii no that that was really when I had my breakup with TikTok because there were some really <laughs> mean people there were some really mean people who were like coming onto my videos and just, like, scathing reviews of my platform, like, literally told me I shouldn't call myself debt-free Phoenix because I got this car, and it was, like, <laughs> hilarious to me, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't the platform for this.
0: <laughs> yes, and they're so... so- critical on tiktok i feel like more than any other platform because it's like oh i see this very small snippet of you even if i don't even follow you i'm gonna make my quick comment and judge and scroll away forever and it's it's so intense
1: warriors as i say
0: yes (laughs) 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 oh my god all right well i wanted to dive into the finance fail because you know the podcast is called finance failing cocktails and i feel like everyone has their own version of that of what their finance fail is um let's let's dive into yours what do you think one of your finance fails would
2: be oh gosh there's so many to choose from <laughs> <Like> <laughs> recent or from the far past. just so many um I definitely this is gonna sound pretty cliche to the people that follow me but I am a huge budget nerd and one I definitely think of like when I think of when I started my own personal finance like literacy journey and figuring out how finances work my like biggest fail was not living on a budget like Mm. that is a major one for me
0: Yes, that that would do it. Were you living in Hawaii at the time that like you realized this or were you in where you were from? (laughs) Oh,
2: so yeah, no, definitely when it's, I (laughs) just got like choked in my words there. Um, So I started not living on a budget in um, Colorado. So I, did not live on a budget in college did not live on a budget after i graduated college and got my first big grown up job it was only when i lived in hawaii for about a month that i realized oh if i am not on a budget if i do not like actually budget my money while i'm living in hawaii i will have to ask people for money to mm-hmm. get a <laughs> plane ticket home <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> It was just bad.
0: That would be tough. Definitely. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like as soon as you have to ask somebody for money, you're like, okay, I I can't do it. This is like, that's like where I don't want to be. And that realization, if you're like, if I don't get this together, I'm going to have to ask for help from individuals. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like,
2: Absolutely. And I've actually helped people get home. Like we've passed, it's so sad, but it's kind of like we've passed the hat around and Mm -hmm. said so-and-so has to fly home and go back to the mainland um for various reasons could you help out and i've i've definitely put uh some money in the hat for some people but i knew for a fact i didn't want that to happen to me right Hmm. so it's good
0: it's so awesome that you did that like you know how important like hawaii is so far separated from the mainland and it's like to help someone get back for whatever reason it might be like is is an awesome thing to do so i'm sure it was greatly appreciated
2: Oh, absolutely. Like if you look at our budget, our, our giving category, like probably it's very interesting. Again, personal finance is personal, but mm-hmm. we give a lot of money and a lot of people reach out and go, wow, your giving category is bigger than your debt category. And I'm like, that's just who we are as people. Thanks well, for commenting. I'm okay with
0: that. Like-
2: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, but yes, living on a budget was just so essential to being able to be successful in Hawaii so definitely my financial fail is thinking I could come to Hawaii and not live on a budget (laughs) so like I don't know where what I thought I think I was probably uh assuming that like the lifestyle cost wasn't as high when I Mm -hmm. got here or I would be making enough money because I essentially moved um laterally with my salary like Mm -hmm. I had a good paying job that was about forty five thousand in Colorado. I got a forty five thousand uh, dollars forty five thousand dollars salary job in Hawaii, and I was like, "This is fine." I didn't, you know, go down in right. my salary or my my budget, even though it was only a name only, <laughs> like not that budget. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I looked so. up and saw that like Hawaii is is the number one most expensive state in America. Um, so like, what is like milk cost there?
2: Oh well, it definitely depends on where you're going. Uh, I wish I wish I knew um, where my latest grocery receipt was because <laughs> I did buy milk, but it wasn't there. It wasn't that expensive. I think the most I've ever spent on milk is six dollars. Whoa! I <laughs> say <laughs> oh, <well, laughs> not expensive, and they were <laughs> right here, David.
1: Oh I, I think uh, Belkin, Ohio, we pay like two fifty dollars for a
0: gallon. Maybe. I don't know if I would pay 250 dollars um, Yeah. So I feel like that's something like people are like, oh my gosh, I want to live in Hawaii. Everything's, you know, great. It's tropical. It's sunny. And it's like, okay, but you have to think about you're moving to a very high cost of living place. You have to prepare for that. And if you don't, like you've experienced, it's going to be really tough for you.
2: Absolutely, and I think it was just the sh- the shock of the lifestyle inflation when you come to Hawaii. I was just not expecting it, and mm-hmm. obviously, I wish I had done more research because I would have quickly learned forty five thousand dollars is not a, that's barely enough to like get by in Hawaii. Um, our poverty level, I believe, if you make under ninety thousand dollars on the island of Oahu, you are below the poverty line. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, we're talking, like, just people having to, you know, stack up on roommates when they live out here, mm-hmm. um, you know, budgeting, uh, you know, figuring out where the Kama Aina deals are here in Hawaii, like, how can you make something cheap, even cheaper? Um, so, and like, connecting with community that can help you out, like, important
0: things when you move to Hawaii. No, that that definitely makes sense. And I know you are like a mini queen of side hustling. You've done a different, (laughs) like, mostly it's, what is your main side hustle that you like, I
2: guess? Oh, I, I feel like I, if I could think it, I did it. (laughs) <laughs> and so I have it's crazy because I really did have to rely on like side hustling even when I was when I left the $45,000 job got a better job with a uh, bigger salary I was still side hustling because that's mm-hmm. just what you do in Hawaii um I've like edited resumes written cover letters uh sold Pokemon cards Ooh. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um oh gosh I've done an online like Starbucks tumblr selling like operation where i would buy the hawaii exclusive starbucks tumblers and sell them online to people um i just yeah i've done a lot i think my favorite though is that pokemon selling because i think that one shows you like if you can truly fix a problem like if you can find a solution to a problem Mm -hmm. if you can make money off of it
0: exactly i feel like people forget like you don't have to do the traditional side hustles of Uber and DoorDash. Like if you have a skill or something in your house that like you don't want, resell it. If you can edit resumes, do it. Like find what you're good at. Find like, even like, if you like to tutor kids, tutor kids, like just do something and find out how you can make money for it. If that's what you need to do for that moment in time.
2: Oh, for sure. I think with the Pokemon selling that was very interesting because I was already in the Pokemon like trading card community. I was already playing with, uh, you know, a community on the weekends, going into the card shops, and it, it the whole side hustle was born from somebody saying, "I have all this bulk, which is like extra Pokemon cards mm-hmm. that they didn't want," and they said, "I have all this bulk, and I had figured out how to sell my bulk." So I was like, "Oh, I'll just." I'll either take your bulk from you for free and I'll sell it for myself or I will sell it for you to this website and I'll take a cut. And that is really how I. That's
0: really, really smart. Um, I think that's definitely something people really just
2: don't think about.
1: Yeah. I know I've sold a couple of cards here and there, but definitely not probably to the extent that you have.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bulk-wise, no. But Magic, or uh, David, what do you play, like, card-wise?
1: Uh, so I've played mainly Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I would played Pokemon when I was young, but I'd say as I got, like, older, I switched over to Yu-Gi-Oh! So that was my main my main focus. <laughs>
2: oh, fine. Yeah, my husband, I'm sure Misha's told you, is really into Magic cards so um, be around
0: (laughs) Um, yes and we won't you know I know everyone wants to dive in onto the the magic cards which we don't have to dive into because it's on your page so like if you're interested in that respectfully go to her page and look um because I feel like people love to come for people for what they spend money on but it's like you know what calm down it's not your wallet (laughs)
2: well actually I um someone messaged me the other week and said, well, you should put out a companion post of how much you spend on books because I'm a huge reader. I'm an avid reader, love to buy books digitally or in physical copies. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's a great idea. And I actually have a post coming out about how many, like how much I spent on books because Mm -hmm. I think that's important that we both are buying what we like value, even Mm -hmm. though we're paying off debt, it's not a, you know, black or white, this or that kind of thing with a debt payoff journey, you can still buy magic cards. You can still buy books Mm -hmm. because you value, you personally value that on your personal finance journey.
0: Exactly. I think that's really important to remember. Like you do not have to deprive yourself on this journey. Um, And the other thing is Mike has sold several of his cards like back to like build different decks or whatever so it's like yes maybe it seems like a high number but also he's getting some of that money back so
2: you know absolutely i've seen him exchange this is probably <laughs> this might be a little too much but i've seen him exchange thousands of dollars like in cash mm-hmm. from selling magic cards and then going to shops and buying them and i'm like hey that's your side business that's how you are conducting your hobby mm-hmm you're good like no no reason to get yeah no reason to get upset about it
1: well I was gonna say I think one thing that at least I think when you're in your young like 20s you know you sort of just spend money on crap basically (laughs) that you get older you sort of have intentional spending so for like you guys it's like trading card games for me it was like a car you know I think That is one good thing about it is as you get older, um, at least you're focused with your spending. You know, it's much more intentional, I think.
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely! And I'm like overseeing it all because I have the budgets, and I love numbers. So I'm like plugging things into different like spreadsheets and looking at the YNAB budget. So I think it's also more of like an interest as well. Because sometimes I remember going through college, just being like, "Well, I'm always going to be poor, so why be interested in money?" And that's a terrible (laughs) thing to (laughs) say.
0: Yes, it is such, I feel like, you know, if you grow up in a certain way, you're like, well, this is just how it is and this is how it's going to be and just accept it. And it's like, no, you can make a change even if you're starting with a little bit of money or a lot of debt, like you can make a change and start bettering your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely so glad I grew out of that whole, like never, I'm never going to make enough money. So why, you know, Invest in my financial literacy. It's just not gonna go anywhere. Super, super glad I grew out of that fail as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's it's always good to, to see us grow. Okay, wait, let's get back. I like we went off into high cost of living oh, yeah. into mm-hmm. to, uh, hobbies. Let's go back to the budgeting. So you've learned a lot about budgeting and how to budget. What is your main budget way? How do you budget? Give us the 411.
2: <laughs> The 411 on budgeting is be honest with yourself because you will see a million budget templates, spreadsheets, just everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. And you will think, oh, I need to conform my budget or spending to what this template has. That is not the way to budget. Your budget is a personal reflection of your priorities. And of what you spend your money on. So you need to figure out personally do I need to make a category for books? And if that is the thing, that is the thing. Do I need to make a category for this priority in my life? Like Pokemon cards. I had a Pokemon card budget category for the longest time because that was a priority that I spent my money on. So for me, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people struggle with budgeting because they're like, I'm just don't connect with it or. I struggle, you know, because I'm having to make a million categories or, you know, they just, they don't see it as a tool that they need to make personalized for themselves.
0: Exactly. Everyone's budget is very personal and like very different. The methods that you use are different. Like what works for one person may not work for another, what worked for you at one point in time in your life may not work later. Um, It's just important to find, I think, what works best for you.
2: Absolutely. I had someone reach out to me and she said, "Um, I am not interested in you need a budget, which is the budgeting software I love. And (laughs) I said, okay, what do you want to do? And she said, pen and paper. And I went, I have some great workbooks that might interest you from people I know, because you should never go to somebody and say, I know this won't work for me. And then, then they try to convince you, no, you should give this a shot. Like, you know yourself, you right. know, what's going to work for you. You know what categories you need. You just need to actually not listen to what other people are saying or, you know, like you need, you need to let yourself pick what's going to work for you.
1: I think that's a great point. Cause I know for a long time, I was the pen and paper type, literally Misha would do her, but uh, the budget on Excel and I'd do my <laughs> version of it on pen <laughs> and paper. So I really like, you know, especially with the budget too. it's going to help you that much more if you're comfortable using the material that you are comfortable with. So it's a good point.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yes, I think I think that's definitely true. Like figure out what's going to work, use it and then actually use it. And what I guess what do you think are some mistakes people make when they're doing their budget or like when they're first starting with their budget even?
2: I think when you're first starting with a budget, you really have to take a step back and see what you're actually spending your money on. And this isn't to be something that you do in judgment of yourself or feel shame. It's really just to see where is your money going? I think for YNAB, they give you 34 days of a free trial for Mm -hmm. the software because they want you to see your transaction history, right? Like, where is my money going? what are my categories supposed to be? This is something you're supposed to practice at. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever, like, even though I wish this was true for myself, I did not just pick up budgeting and go, oh my gosh, I'm such a natural. Like, (laughs) I don't think anyone has ever done that with a budget. It is a process. You do have to learn how to budget. You have to learn how to spend your money money accordingly. Um, Mm. This is, just a a life skill that some people get to practice early on and some people practice it later on I mean I didn't really learn how to do a budget until I was 25 Mm -hmm. so this is just the practicing and giving yourself permission to practice because a lot of people will make a budget try to you know follow it realize they're not being realistic or they don't actually they've picked an, a method that doesn't work for them and then they just go oh i'm terrible at budgeting and then <laughs> they just throw it all away <laughs> like you have to give yourself permission to learn
0: right yes i 100 agree like it may take a couple tries to mess it up like it just or to like get it right yeah. i guess i should say but um I guess, what do you, what do you say to people when they're going over their budget? And they're like, you know what, maybe I just shouldn't do this anymore.
2: Oh, I, you know what, I always really feel for people that go over the budget, because I do too. Like, it's just something (laughs) that happens. (laughs) Like, first of all, no judgment for that at all. I, right, like, I think, When over-budgeting happens, I think that there is an unrealistic expectation not being met. Because, of course, people will say, oh, I want to spend less on eating out. And Mm -hmm. then they make their eating out budget minuscule. And then, of course, they go over that because they're not, like, actually interested in not eating out anymore. Mm -hmm. So they, like, go over budget a bunch of money on eating out and then they go, Oh, I'm terrible at this. I can't even follow my own like budget. And that's just right. They're just not being realistic with themselves. I think that just shows that there's a priority that you're still trying to meet and uh, a priority that you are trying to meet that you're not setting realistic expectations for. So definitely would tell that person, look at your spending, Look if there's a way to decrease that amount gradually, or does it really even need to be decreased? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you saving by eating out? Like, are you what? Why is eating out a priority that you're not going to give up, even if you're trying to? So,
0: exactly. I think a lot of people like see a lot of other accounts posting like oh you I only ate out $25 this month they're like you guys should really decrease your spending budget or they take the your there's food at home um little quote like a little too seriously and it's like if this is something you enjoy find out how to put it into your life if it's Mm -hmm. something you want to cut back on then you can do that too but do it because you actually want to
2: right Absolutely! Don't be influenced by people who say, "Oh, I only get twenty-five dollars of fun money." I could never. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like a hundred dollars minimum, please. I work hard. Right? Exactly. Like it's, exactly. it's we're not we're not in the suffering games together. This isn't the Hunger Games plus financial literacy. Like live your life. Find <laughs> out what works for you.
0: Like because I spend zero dollars a year on makeup I just it's just not something that I wear or want I don't get my nails done it's just not something I want to spend time time or money on but I'll spend money on food and eating out and hanging out with my friends because that's what I value so if it's something you value figure out a way to keep it in your budget assuming of course that your like basic needs are met and people that you're in charge of their basic needs are also
2: met absolutely yes this is like (laughs) every the priorities have already been set for like the basic shelter water food like electricity is (laughs) on like we're talking like outside of that
0: exactly exactly
1: yeah i think that's uh, one of the things we struggled with when we first started budgeting was like our fun money as you were saying i remember at one point we were like oh you know we can go out and only spend a hundred dollars on a weekend Yeah, we failed at doing that for several months. And we're like, we need to bump this up in our budget.
2: (laughs) Right. And you gave yourself like permission to understand like this is not working. We're not going to suffer. We're not going to prolong the suffering. We're going to change it. So definitely an important thing.
0: Exactly. Okay. So I know you have been budgeting with Mike and that's like a journey in itself to like add someone into your budget. Any advice for people who are, doing that
2: oh my goodness I'm so glad you asked about this (laughs) because like to round it out my third financial fail is not communicating expectations to my husband um Mm. definitely different it's so different when you go from budgeting by yourself which is what I was doing for the first like nine months of having debt-free phoenix to budgeting with a partner, budgeting with a spouse. Um, It is so different because you are now incorporating a completely new person that is not like you at all. Um, (laughs) With Mike, he is a spender. I could give him a hundred dollars today and he would spend it. He would figure out a way to spend that $100. (laughs) If you gave me a $100, I would literally go stick it under my mattress and, like, never touch it. (laughs) Totally different.
0: (laughs) Yes. That is something people forget. Like, you are not budgeting with a clone of yourself who has the same goals and desires and, like, you know, spending habits as you. Even if, even, like, two savers together would be, like, to struggle to where to put that money. Like, well, I want to start saving for a car. Like, no, no, we're saving for retirement. Get away from me. So... (laughs) communication is definitely important you are a hundred percent correct on that
2: (laughs) yeah definitely communication um just and the thing is I have really learned how to make financial compromises with my husband that Mm -hmm. has been a skill that I am so grateful that I learned through budgeting with him together because he has made compromises with me And I have made compromises with him and we are still married and we're still (laughs) financially literate and saving and doing what we're supposed to. So it is possible.
0: Exactly. I think it is definitely important to do that, that communication, that understanding of like, okay, everyone thinks like, Oh, you just compromise in other aspects, but money for some reason people don't think is an area where compromise happens. They're like, there's only one answer. It's like, No, even in a shared budget, in a split budget, like there are different possibilities. And to understand that and respect that is um, incredibly important.
2: So true. Absolutely. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Okay, cool. Well,
0: uh, we're close to wrapping up. So I guess let me ask you, well, this is gonna be like one final question, but two final questions, because well, let me just... (laughs) ask the question um okay what do you want people to take away from your finance fail
2: oh that's a great question i think since i've shared so many (laughs) i'm gonna (laughs) pick the first one where it was um not knowing not living on a budget when i moved to hawaii i think that what I would love people to take away from that financial fail is it is never too early to start budgeting. You can budget in college, you can teach your children how to budget, you can even if you have parents that need help financially, and they want to learn how to budget, like it is never too late to learn how to budget and to actually incorporate that skill into your life. I wish I had been budgeting in college, even when I thought, oh, there's no money here to budget. I still wish I had taken it more seriously because (laughs) when I moved to Hawaii, I learned how to get on a budget. And because I learned how to budget $45,000 when I almost doubled my income with my next job, I was a budget all-star I was a pro like I knew exactly what I was doing because I had budgeted learned how to budget with such uh with the salary I had before when I started to increase my income do my side side hustling (laughs) side hustling I don't know where that came from Um, I learned how to do my side hustling I was able to just continue to grow my skills as a budgeter. So it is never too late, but never too early to start budgeting.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. Like in college, I probably should have been budgeting like the little bit of money that I did have because that Mm -hmm. probably would have helped me not run out of money so quickly.
1: (laughs) I was trying to think, when we first moved to San Diego, that first year, did we have a budget? No. I don't think so.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) which is why that first year in San Diego was so tough. Because I feel like people think like, oh, I don't have any money. What's the point of budgeting? Like, th- that will help you. That will save you. Like, that will help you see like, hey, I don't have enough money coming in for my basic needs and my bills. That's why I'm using a credit card every month. It will help you know like, should I be side hustling? Should I be adding a roommate to my life? Like, what do I need to do so that I'm not drowning in money every lack of money every month. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And then when you actually do increase your income, it's not going to be like, well, how, what do I do with all of this? It's more like, Hey, I've got systems in place. I know what I'm doing. I've got the method worked out. I'm going to, you know, take this money. I'm going to take this income and I'm going to do amazing things with it now.
0: Exactly. hundred percent agree. I feel like that's like my, my phrase of this. <laughs> call. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, I just wanted to end this with once again, thank you so much for being on our podcast for being our first guest. Um, I definitely feel like we could have you on in the future um, because it's just,
2: I find this fun, right? I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I hope, I hope you have fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Two thumbs up. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> okay, We'd love to come back.
0: Yes. That would be so awesome. Um, until then where can people find you? Where should they be following you and finding your story and everything?
2: Oh, well, I'm, I'm really in only one location right now. It's Debt Free Phoenix at Debt Free Phoenix on Instagram. Um, I pretty much live there. My entire life is cataloged there essentially now. Um, And uh, I love talking to people. So I, yeah, I'm, my DMs are always open. Yay. Okay. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Thank you again. Um, Katie, if, I don't know. You guys know where to find her? Um, I guess we should do our sign-off now, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, Follow me. My name's Misha. (laughs) Refilling my wallet. Um,
1: Remember to refill your drinks. And refill your wallets.
2: Bye, guys. And get on a budget. And get on (laughs) a budget. Get a budget. (laughs)